Welcome to UX Banter Podcast Season 2. I am your host Dushyant Kanungo. Here, I speak with industry leaders about their journey in design and know more about what inspires them to become the best in the industry. This podcast is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and powered by Galaxy Weblinks, an Inc 5000 organization. Welcome to the show Andy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so this is our first episode that we are recording with in person. We are here in Austin, Texas, and Andy has been gracious enough to join us for this season finale of season 2. So I'm sure that this is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. It's exciting to do this in person. Exciting to be a first of something. <laughs> okay. So Andy, when we all talk about on all these episodes that we talked about the journeys that people have taken the paths they have chosen to, you know, come to a certain way. How was your journey like? I mean, uh, you have about close to 30 years in the industry. How does the journey has been? It's been incredible. It's it's a phenomenal journey. I started my career in UX when UX wasn't even a thing. It was back in those days there was industrial design and product design and then the web design started showing up and so I was probably in my 20s working in New York mm-hmm. in a design agency called LBI Digital so at least that's what it's called now back then it's called like a media lab and uh, technologies of course were very different the approach to UX was very different it was really more of building out the initial kind of web point mm-hmm. 1.0 right right um, working with different clients which was a great experience working with different clients and working on different platforms and different um web experiences that different business needs i think opened up a great foundation for my what became future work in california for brands like tivo and playstation and that So when we all talk about working for these big brands there's always comes a point when people try to choose that the bigger the brand the bigger their profile is going to be so do you think that brands do impact one's career trajectory or where they are headed I think so to a certain extent in California at least 10 years ago so everybody wanted to work for Google and I think everybody still wants to work for Google right and Apple and mm-hmm. and i do think that certain companies do open up doors to better careers mm-hmm. as far as the design is concerned as far as being a better designer i don't think that that's necessarily true right the better the team that you're working with the the more likely you're going to learn and the more likely you're going to be in a supportive environment sure. of building great products that's one and two working on complicated projects and complicated products such as healthcare for instance or finance or multi-user environments where you have to consider things that that are not as straightforward as, as say you know you're building a, a single product that has a certain path or simple one type of user right but yeah i think the advantage of working for those companies is they tend to have really good teams mm-hmm. And they tend to have good processes right you're learning the right things you're hopefully teaching the right things <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so on that note i will just uh let everybody know that one of the biggest products that andy has worked on and you might have seen is the playstation so andy tell us more about it because that is something that we 
always think about that you know using such a popular product and getting behind the scenes about what was the journey of from a design point of view it has been it's a it's a great question it's a one of the larger teams uh lots of responsibility uh partially mainly building out the organization building out the team and of course team of people that are very excited to build such a well-loved product oh, I guess. right the product that has also many complexities product that at that time is shifting to services and, mm -hmm. and shifting to software services so that's is a different type of pressure on the team while you know working for it i mean it, knowing that it is going to be phenomenal it is there's a different type of pressure everybody typically is a gamer everybody is very closely associated with that genre right right um also working in that type of a company which is so large and so multinational and so many considerations so many markets that the company is rolling into this uh, different experience so from a you know design leader in the industry as a service executive mm -hmm to now an entrepreneur where you are actually willing to you know, set up a company organization mm -hmm. where you are actually offering UX services from your own umbrella. How much different it is from you know the, the perception of getting something done in-house and whereas selling UX in the general market? Mm -hmm. You mean how it's different? Um... Yeah, the, 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 the sell point, I think, because mm -hmm. you know, selling UX within the yeah. organization and selling UX to... Uh, startups, for example? I think it's a great question. Today, there's still a lot of opportunity in being able to communicate the value of this external, so to speak, organization, right? That can do something that in majority of companies here is associated as a very internal type of a job, mm -hmm. right? And that is the challenge of services organization coming in to partner with any customer. It's been a challenge in my entire career with agencies, agencies coming in and trying to augment the team, help the team. It typically is that natural kind of competitiveness between the, the team that's inside the company and the team that's coming in with fresh ideas and new starts and new ideas. But I think there's still a lot of opportunity in our company that then to tell that story better. Many companies that sell development resources, and we sell engineering, a majority of our business actually is focused on engineering and marketing, right? And then UX, of course, comes in naturally as product building organization, right? So that's the big pitch we give to our customers. We help customers go to market faster. And you, you have seen that there is awareness about the UX and the services and the seat at the table has been coming up. People more and more are going, being focused to it or has the perception changed? I think the great thing is mo more and more people value design mm -hmm. now more than they used to value design 10 years ago. I think everybody is accepted in startup world and in corporate world that design is a real partner to product management and to engineering. A lot of that pressure, I think, comes to companies actually from investors. Investors are very savvy, and so investors see that the value of design is driving profit. How much the bigger companies have played a role in uh, pushing for a good UX? For example, if Apple is known for the, the UX umbrella that they have pushed in general, 
So do you think that, you know, did the torch period have been bigger organizations who are needing smaller teams and companies to, you know, look into this? I think it's a bit of both. I think there are some excellent companies that are large companies, companies like Apple, companies like Intuit, companies like Coca-Cola, companies like GE that invested a lot in, and there's many more that invested a lot in, in design. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of leadership of UX leaders that came in to typically convince their bosses, the CEOs or the chiefs of uh, other departments to invest in that. But eventually those companies are the companies that win on the market. And it's documented in, in, in their financial performance, right? Sure. That a lot of that is attributed to design, right? Because a design creates a different shape. Right. The ROI is now visible. People can see the ROI is visible, and that probably is the largest challenge of a design leader is to show the organization the ROI of design. If you show that, typically most CEOs will support you and say, "Okay, I see this is returning. This is this is helping the margin. This is growing the top line. This is this has financial metrics. This." Sure. Grows customer satisfaction or whatever the metric, the business metric might be. That they have set up. But I think the same could be said actually for startups, because a lot of innovative startups are the ones that, that compete on experience. Like take, for instance, Uber or Airbnb, right? It's not just about the software design, it's about the innovation itself, right? I mean, those are just minor examples and not that recent of examples, there's thousands of examples. But I think in short, the trend I see is, is um, innovative businesses, innovative startups are starting to compete on design, right? And design spoken broadly, not just say software design, hardware design, industrial design, but more of innovative level of thinking, coming up with ideas how what Uber used to be say five, six years ago or, or, or Netgear, how it how it was before. I mean it's just from just square boxes to now innovative design products that look far more in-home, I think you were a part of Netgear when that transformation happened. Correct. And that transformation stood heavily on on kind of opening up the typically the set of and forget it device that sits in the corner of your room and connecting the user to it. And so how do you connect the user to a device that sits in in the corner? You gotta get the features, right? You have to yeah. open it up. You know, some, sure. someone has to to communicate between a product and and the device. And right. the device. But I think the, the ultimate success was in that case, Arlo security cameras. Right. Those there's a highly interactive product, highly engaging product in a space that's very personal to most people, right? People that are monitoring the safety of their environment and their home. So we did a lot of great work there. Sure, absolutely. So with that, we are moving to our UX vendor rapid fire. Have you Heard about these before? I've never heard of these before. I'm excited. Let's see how I score. <laughs> okay, so the, these are just questions which have nothing to do with UX or nothing to do with anything in general. But you know, you have to answer the you know the first thing that you, you comes to you mind. Can. Okay, so it. one day in your life you would like to relive. One day in my life that I would like to relive. Um, wow, that's a. A loaded question? It's a loaded question, but uh, no. um, I left travel, so I would easily relive any of my fun trips to Latin America or Europe. Or... Okay. So you are going out or staying in? I'm going out. Okay. Sunrise or sunset? 
create those partnerships with engineers and leverage also the engineers for technology pieces because a lot of that innovation does come in from the engineering side, right? Sure. So many examples around this. Back in the day, you say you take something like the input fields, right? And you want to input the address or the credit card. You typically would enter them five, 10 years ago. Today, you can scan them. Today, you can photograph them. Today, you can compress that amount of fields, right? So that's just a micro example of- Knowing what is possible. Knowing what is possible and knowing how to- Exploit how to, the technology. Exactly, how to exploit the technology. And, and I think that that's, the future is, is incredible, right? The introduction of crypto, right? The introduction of NFT, there's just going to be so much change in virtually everything, right? And asking one question from the person point of view, which is that you are a veteran when it comes to design leadership. So if you have to give any advice, say, for somebody like me, you know, you know, you know, where, you know, what sort of work that I do and... Uh, things happen in the same middle to upper management and you've been very senior in the domain. What your advice would be about the design leadership side of things? I think on there's several aspects to this, right? I think one aspect is, is having an ability and an ability to build a phenomenal team, right? Phenomenal team is, what is a phenomenal team, right? It's people you trust and people that have talents and people that that understand the business and people that understand the discipline you're in, right? On the other side, the great leader has to know the business they're in. And in our case, in services, yours and now mine, you have to understand multiple businesses and you have to understand them <laughs> relatively quickly. You don't really have that much time to absorb um, details of someone else's business, sure. right? these two things always come to mind and of course bring that business knowledge to your team right the team has to have a mission right the team has to have a mission and then many leaders make a mistake of not fully engaging the team around that understanding mm -hmm. that in turn produces better design so communication hiring for the right skills making sure that the team knows what the business is about what the end goal is and everybody is actually shooting for the same goal yeah absolutely and products themselves tend to provide that opportunity especially great products when you're building something you're passionate about you want to keep on building but i think it it, it becomes our job as leaders to get people excited about those products Mm -hmm. Right, you don't always pick those products. Everybody wants to work on a BMW brand. Everybody <laughs> wants to work on a Ferrari, right? But uh, in especially what we do in services, you you will work on all kinds of different things. And so the excitement is actually understanding your customer, right, and understanding what they need. Thank you, Andy. I think those were the most valuable lessons. I mean, this was the first time when I asked like some advice for myself because I put you in high regard because, you know, the relationship that we have had since last many years. And I think that is a, you know, general understanding that we have that that is the right direction to go or getting directions from you, hand holding on multiple occasions. It has come in very handy and helped us reshape the team that we are actually mm -hmm. running with your guidance and uh, direction. So with that, I would like to thank you once again for being the guest for today's episode. And thank you everybody for listening in. And this was the season finale for season two for UX Banter podcast. We will come back in next season with more guests 
who will have a very big shoes to fill in after the rota that we had in the last two seasons. So stay tuned and don't go away. Yeah. So thank you once again and thank you for having me. Fantastic time. <laughs> See you then. Bye.